Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Imagine waiting weeks or even months for your paycheck to show up in your bank account. Now imagine that your employer never pays you. Well, this is too often the life of a freelance worker. That's why Illinois lawmakers have passed the Freelance Worker Protection Act. It now just needs Governor Pritzker's signature before it becomes law. So joining us are two people who would benefit from this legislation. Anna Burgess-Yang is a freelance writer, and Mary Mathis is a freelance fact checker and audio producer. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. Before we dig into the bill, Anna, tell us more about what it's like being a freelance worker and, and more about how you get paid. Yeah, so I am a freelance writer and journalist. I work with a lot of tech companies and um, banking publications. And so I'm managing a lot of clients, and I am basically a one-person business. You know, I am administrative, I am sales, I am marketing, and part of that work is also sending clients invoices and expecting to be paid Mm -hmm. for those invoices. Um, I have very clear contracts with my clients that outline the payment terms, but as many freelancers have experienced and all too many sometimes I run into problems with the payment. Yeah, Clients just don't pay on time Um, and I've even had experiences where the client hasn't paid at all. What protections are in place today to to make sure that freelancers do get paid on time? Pretty much nothing. Um, You know if I were a W-2 employee um, I would be paid. You know I'm participating uh, in producing work for the company, whether they're, you know, I'm a supplement to the team, they're bringing me in for a special project or something like that, you know, they would have to pay me for that work. Um, And I have the contracts in place. Everything says why I should be paid, when. Um, And sometimes I'm just ignored, Hmm. even no matter how much I follow up. Mary, uh, do you remember one of the first times that you didn't get paid on time for a job that you worked I absolutely remember that. Yeah. So, I was, so tell us what was going through your mind at that time. I was young. I was in New York. I was just trying to make some money on photography at the time. Um, and I was actually employed by um, someone who wanted photographs of their newborn baby. Um, I ended up working for them for multiple days up in a remote location. Mm, multiple um, days. Multiple days. <laughs> okay. Yes. I actually got, got a fun little vacation must be, with must them. must have been a lot of photos. Oh, Yeah. Lots of photos. I mean, we're talking about a thousand photographs that I gave them all edited. Um, And I wasn't paid for that for about uh, five months, I would say. After threatening legal action, I came back and eventually just took 500 instead of my actual rate. And that's Mm. a huge problem that you see when we're not working under contracts or anything. Now, I would say that my experience is very different. Um, Now, I know better and I make contracts and I make sure to um, have legal overview those contracts and make sure that I'm working with companies that um, I've heard good things about, companies that I'm sure are going to pay me. Um, So with every single project you're taking on, you have someone, a legal person, uh, look it over? Not every single one. I will have either they're sending me a contract and legal has looked over that or the standard boiler contract that I have, yes, a lawyer has looked over that. Gotcha. So tell us more, Anna, about the Freelance Worker Protection Act then. What what protections does that include? Yes, um, I was really excited when I learned that this act was on the verge of passage in Illinois, which is when I kind of first became aware of it through um, Rep. Will Gazzardi's office, Um, because it's similar to legislation that is already in place in New York City. 
and Los Angeles. Um, so kind of mirrors those in that um, freelancers are entitled to a contract uh, for work over $500 and that they are entitled to be paid on time okay. uh, within 30 days unless otherwise specified by the contract. And if not, then the freelancer actually has recourse um, to collect up to double in damages and um, collect any attorney's fees that they may have had to um, incur and try to collect that. Because mm. that's another thing that I think freelancers, they may not be able to afford an attorney or aren't sure what route they need to go to collect other than just continuing to threaten continuing the client. To email and call them and yep. just ask for your money back. You know what? A part of this legislation that, that, that stuck out to me is the piece that says it would also prevent freelancers from accepting a lower rate if the client can pay quicker. Has that happened to you before? Have you said, oh, you can pay me less? I haven't had that exactly, but a similar situation um, is when the client just changed their mind and didn't want the work. Um, you know, and I'd already, and you had already, I'd already, deli- I'd already delivered the work. Oh, so you would already, I, it was finished. done. It was done. And they just said, you know, we're going to go in a different route. Will you take less money because we're not going to use this work after all? And that wasn't the signed agreement. And I, I pushed back and I said, I know I need to be paid for what I, the work that we agreed to do. It's not my fault that you changed your mind. Um, but eventually I did end up accepting less because I didn't know what else to do. Any limits to, to how much a freelancer needs to get paid before the protections kick in? I believe that um, they're entitled to a contract over $500. Okay. Um, so that's at least when the contract piece kicks in. I'm not fully aware of like if there's a minimum to that. Okay. Well, I'm curious why you became a, a freelancer, Mary. W- was it by choice? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm definitely um, not a freelancer because I'm young and the market's bad in journalism. Uh, no, there um, are so many perks to freelancing. There is the agency over your work. You get to decide what your rates are. They match inflation. You get to decide your salary and how much you want to work to make that salary. Um, there is just so many good things about it. And I worked at many companies um, as a staffer, and uh, I, I just prefer freelance work over over that. And even with all the perks, has not getting paid for a project or, you know, whether it be late or just not at all, has any of that ever discouraged you from freelancing? Have you ever thought, oh, you know what, let me take the regular salary route, working for an organization, You know what? Absolutely. Because when you're thinking about it, it's actually not just the invoice, right? We're talking about negotiating rates. We're talking about showing your work all the time, trying to get hired for a new contract. And then we're talking about adapting to a new work environment. We're talking about working with new teams and trying to be the person who is really adaptable. Um, And then when you send your invoice, you just want to get paid. I I mean, at the end of that, you just want to see that money. And it's so hard because... And what would be a reasonable time frame to get paid? I'd say 30 days, but I want to explain that a little bit. Because uh, a lot of clients ask that you, you send one invoice per month. So if I work the first week of May... And then I send my invoice four weeks later at the end of May. Mm -hmm. And then it's net 30. So they're paying me at the end of June. Mm -hmm. I have worked for 60 days and I haven't seen any money. 
if we're talking about a net 60, I've worked for 90 days and I haven't seen any money. And so that's really hard to just accept that there's trust. You know, you know that you're going to get paid next week because you've been paid by your employer last week. Uh. I don't always know that. So I, I think that can be really difficult when you're talking about timeline. Yeah, I appreciate that breakdown. How do you invoice clients? And uh, I mean, do you request the the full payment in one invoice or, or are you asking for periodic payments, especially for those bigger projects? It really varies. Um, I have some that I do invoice monthly, just like Mary does. Um, and I have some that want me to invoice upon delivery. So I'm sending them sometimes multiple invoices per month. Um, do you ever ask for money up front, either of you? I don't. Um, you know, I could, but a lot of my work, they're just smaller ad hoc requests from clients, which I'm completely fine with. I do have to trust that the client is going to pay me. I think in the journalism industry, they, they would probably laugh at that. Um, and and I also think um, it's interesting because there's this five alarm fire going off on your deadline and they're like, we need you now. We needed you yesterday. And then you have 12 hours to complete this. And then they kind of mosey on over to the paycheck, to the invoice. And it's kind of interesting to see that dichotomy play out yeah. where it is a five alarm fire to get that work done. My but goodness. to pay, it's not. Why not take your clients to, to court if they haven't paid you when they're supposed to? Is it just because of the money, the costs, Anna? Sure. One of the first times I was ever completely not paid, um, the invoice was $500. I assumed that I would need to pay an attorney, you know, a couple hundred to send a demand letter or go to small claims court. I was stressed out about it. I was a new freelancer, and I just decided to take the hit. Um, I more recently, I had a client that paid very late and it was $3,500. Mm-hmm. I would have taken action for that amount of money. Um, but you know, again, that's time mm-hmm. lost. I'm familiar with other freelancers that that's rent, you know, they oh, don't get sure. paid on time. That, that is their ability to live. Right. And so, um, it's not just the taking the client to court or doing something like that. It's all that time lost in between. Yeah. We asked folks on Twitter, um, what they think of this bill, especially in, in preparation for this this segment. We got a lot of feedback. Uh, I'll read you just a few here. Elise says, you know, as someone in the music industry, I love this. Um, Sandra Trevino says uh, they're still waiting on payment from, from work that they did back in March. We're now in, what, June tomorrow, right? Uh, a Twitter user named Photographer says, uh, to be honest, it shouldn't even be that long. You should be paid right before or right after the work has been completed. Uh, at King Thelonious asked if this applies to contractors outside of the state. Um, we did check in with the office of um, Senator Christina Passione Zayas on that one. Um, her staff says that the, the law applies to contractor services that are rendered within the state of Illinois. So, I mean, the specific rules of this legislation, it would be published and available for public comment before it's enacted, right? So are there suggestions that you two want to make to it? I'll You first, Mary. Yeah, I think, I think hearing that it is just inside Illinois is hard. One of the biggest reasons why you would freelance is because you can work with clients all around the world. You can be working with someone in New York and London and Chicago and mm-hmm. San Francisco. So it is really hard to hear that, yes, that pertains to Chicago. And I think New York has the same uh, sort of legislation. But, yeah, working outside of that, I mean, that's that's really difficult. Yeah. Any thoughts from you, Anna, 
Yeah, my my initial reaction was the same as Mary's. I mean, my clients are all over the country. Um, and so, you know, I'd want, you know, based on where I live, that that's the law applies that applies. It applies to you because you live to me in because Illinois. I live in Illinois. Not, and where your work is coming, like if you're working for somebody in D.C., that doesn't matter. Yes. I yeah. would put it like yeah. in my contract and part of a clause that say, just so you're aware, this contract is subject to yeah. the Freelance Workers Protection Act in Illinois. Are there any misconceptions about freelance life that you just want to clear up? <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. Both chuckle. Yes, I mean, um, people yeah. assume that I'm that freelance is just code for semi unemployed. Um, it's not. I'm a full fledged business. I work um, a lot of hours for my clients, um, and it's something that I choose. Uh, you know, a lot of people do fall into freelance because they were laid off, and that is an absolutely valid reason to go into freelance because you can start earning money right away. Yeah. Um, but I choose this for a lot of the reasons that Mary said. I have a lot of autonomy. I have a lot of freedom. And it's a big portion of the economy, which I think is part of the reason this legislation came to be, yeah. is because it's you know over a trillion dollars in the economy. It's uh, 39% of the workforce in the United States has some kind of freelance, whether right. it's a side hustle or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's on the rise. It's part of who people are you know, finding the joy in freelancing or they're yeah. doing it to supplement their income. Um, and so we deserve protection, just like uh, an employee would deserve protection. Anything you want to clear up, Mary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I also think um, having your name on something is is very different um, than having your company's name on something. So I'm in the media industry, so we're talking about a ton of layoffs. And I feel ahead of the game because I have actually been able to freelance for many years. And now I know how to do this. I know how to run my own business. Um and the other thing is just having that sort of agency over your work. Yeah. Um, you do get paid for the hours that you work, meaning you work really hard the hours that you are working. Sure do. There is not enough. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, laid back time of your eight hour workday. So I don't know. It makes my work better. Yeah. I, I work better. It sounds it sounds great. Um, well, the, the legislation, as we mentioned, it still needs the governor's signature and uh, once that happens, it would go into effect in July 2024, July 1st, uh, 20, July 1st, 2024, rather. Uh, we'll leave it there. Anna Burgess-Yang and Mary Mathis are two local freelancers based here in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your stories. Thank you so much. Thank you.